Hello. Fun fact, you're on the air. <laughs> uh, first time caller, first time listener. I don't even know what show I'm calling <laughs> into. I was trying to get some help with my plumbing. I called a number. That's great. Fun fact, we will look up WikiHow for you and tell you exactly how to solve that problem as long as you agree to absolve us of all legal liability for the horrible advice that we give. <laughs> That's what this show should become, a live WikiHow, uh, like the worst, the l- most inefficient way to... to Look up WikiHow because you'll call in, you'll ask us, then we'll have to look it up, then we'll have to figure out what it says, and then we'll have to tell you. So you're just sitting there while we read WikiHow. And we're like, yeah, there's a there's a bad illustration of a guy kind of trying to, I think he's trying to uh, yeah. tighten the pipe. Oh, wait, hold on. Pipe. Hold on. No, wait. Maybe wait, try that. No, the next one looks like the pipe is, is not attached anymore. So maybe that was loose. Oh, and... oh, oh, wait. Apparently it matters if you have, do you have a metal pipe or a plastic pipe? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. Things have, Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, um, which we start? Who should you start? Are you stoked? Do you want to start with? Oh yeah, I could do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, you're stoked. I'm stoked. I'm I'm so stoked. I'm full of. I'm I'm like a fire that's being stoked continuously. Fun fact: Pirates wore eye patches to keep one eye accustomed to darkness. Ah uh, yes, I once heard that and then forgot it, and then now I'm delighted again. Okay, so. Pirates wore eye patches so that when I stayed dark, adapted in case they needed to go below for supplies during battle. Sure, because it didn't have a lot of uh, artificial uh, lighting in the pirate ships. Right. Okay, so you can find this information on the internet on many, many websites. However, twist, fun fact twist. This is not a fun fact. <laughs> the, the, fact that, the, the, the fact that's about to come up is not fun. No, no, no. The fact that I just told you is not fun. That's pretty fun. Be- because No, because it's not a fact. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah, okay. So I'm kind of, yeah, okay. I'm playing a little game tonight, but there, there is no historical proof that that ever happened. Damn it. Or even that pirates ever wore eye patches. At all. At all. Like that there wasn't, like my, if you'd asked me originally, it's just like, oh, there's a particularly famous pirate that had an eye patch. Right. So there isn't. (laughs) And and in fact, uh, there's no proof as far as I could tell that any pirate ever wore an eye patch except because they lost an eye and even then only in retirement. Because uh, as someone pointed out on a Quora post that I'll link to, in real life, a person with an eye patch cannot fight in sword combat. Just because they he's would lost suck at it. depth perception. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people are trying to stab you with things. Yeah. It feels like that would be a substantial disadvantage. Yeah. There is ample evidence that pirates received payouts when they were injured in such a way that they could not be a pirate anymore. Like they sure. lost limbs. Like there actually was sort of like, like disability insurance. Disability insurance <laughs> basically for pirates. Sure. Now, I, Mythbusters had a pirate special in 2007 and they tested. They noted that there's no evidence of this, but they did test whether it would work. Mm-hmm. And it does. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what I find fascinating about this is that this is a second degree myth. Right. It's something that, as far as we can tell, isn't true, but right. it could have been. Right. But but also, so the original myth is that pirates wear eye patches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then that spawned a second myth where this darkness adaptation 
is the reason. Right. It's like it's like you feel like there's this mystery. Why did they wear eye patches? Right. Uh, and then then like human ingenuity and creativity wants to solve that, not in right. the right way, which is to say, oh, actually they didn't. That's just right. some. It's a creation of Robert Louis Stevenson and other pirate authors. Right. But instead, yeah. the way that people solved it is by making an additional <laughs> fake fact. <laughs> right. A right. myth layered on a myth. And what I also found fascinating is that, and you know, this is not a new idea, but neither of these things are true, but that does not stop the internet. And one of the sources that I found this story on is literally called thefactsite.com. Thefactsite.com claims this non-factual fact. Yes. Thefactsite.com claims that pirates did not wear it for this reason, but for another reason. And the person who wrote it is apparently a Bachelor of Arts in English. So, okay. Well, <laughs> that sounds like a verified writer. expert to me. <laughs> but this is a website. You got to get the fact that fact site URL into our show notes. Oh, I will. But for the moment, you click on it and you tell me what you see. Well, I see an extremely, uh, <laughs> extremely serious website that clearly has to be true. Uh, right. So the, another fascinating thing about this website, if you didn't immediately notice is that at the bottom, it says source. So, oh yeah, it's kind of mocked up to look like it's, um, it's mocked up to look like that's like a share button or something. So I wouldn't click it. but yeah, it, the source is hidden. And then when you click, right. it expands into children's museum. Why did some pirates wear an eye patch? Now, if you click on that, you will go to childrensmuseum.org, which is the Children's Museum of Indianapolis. Which is also a pretty low-rent website. (laughs) But on that website, it says, Mythbusters confirmed that this use of eye patches among pirates was plausible, but there is no recorded historical precedent for this fact. See, that's like second level... <laughs> like that's like a like I don't know <laughs> as far as like spreading misinformation there's like something extra savvy about be like no 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 I have a source but then yes. and linking that source but yes. the source disproves you but the source disproves you and these are not long like please people out there like click on this cuz these are not long articles <laughs> no it's like a <laughs> couple hundred words yeah each. This- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, man. It, I also love that the source says in the first paragraph uh the eye patch was more likely to be used to condition the eye so the pirate could fart in the do- fight in the dark but later says that there's no proof of that yeah but then the <laughs> like, one that cites it starts off why i say not only saying that yeah. this could have been a one of the reasons but it was like no right. no no it says pirates didn't wear eye patches because they had an eye missing it was no. for this no. eye seeing in the dark nothing to do with the missing had nothing eye. to do with the missing eye. Okay. like they didn't even need none of them had ever lost an eye no not even in, yeah. in sword combat, unless they only had one eye, in which case they're liable to lose the other because they didn't have the depth perception. They didn't have the depth perception. I feel like that'd be a cannon problem, too. Like, you're trying to... I think just in general, steering a ship, the ship running and, around... Well, I mean, like, if you're on the open ocean, the steering, I feel like there's a better wiggle room. That's true. You're not really going to hit And your much. depth perception, does, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a continent there or not. But once you're like, okay, I need to get, okay, what angle am I going to shoot this cannon at? I got to get the broadside on a galleon... Oh, right. Yeah, Those you're trying to words. hit someone else with a cannon. Yeah. Those are good pirate words. I, I believe now that you might have been a pirate at some point. Well, you'd have to you'd have to use me as reference for whether or not I'm wearing an eye patch. <laughs> Which, in fact, I do whenever I might be going below deck. Well, it's a good strategy. Look that one up on Urban Dictionary. It's a good strategy anyway. So if you, you know, use the strategy, just don't tell the lie. Yeah. Unless you're trying to impress <laughs> someone with your pirate. 
skills. Yeah, unless you're in a situation where you just need pirate knowledge. Or you're being paid not very much to churn out articles for a website called The Fact Site. The Fact Site. Uh, oh, man. Uh, the internet. Well, luckily, we are upholding the high standards of literally only ever having true facts. Yes, all of our facts are in every possible way true, and any proof to the contrary is uh, wrong? Is encouraged to leave a five-star iTunes review <laughs> to tell us about it. Yes, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and in your review, explain why we're why we got something wrong. Or email us. I don't think we're supposed to call it iTunes anymore. We're supposed to call it on Apple Podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah, well, okay, so if you go to the Apple Podcasts website, it still says mm. iTunes and iTunes preview and stuff, and, like, has an iTunes mm. in the domain, but... Okay, so, so far I'm not... Officially, just, it's, So far I'm not agreeing with you. It's a, it's Apple Podcasts. Is there proof of this somewhere? <laughs> everything you're telling there me... There's, like, a press release, like, a year or two ago, and, like, most of it's rebranded. Because it literally says working with iTunes at the top of this. <laughs> there, it's a process, okay? Okay. Changing iTunes I, is slow. I'm going to click on podcast fact. Hmm. Not seeing it. Still seeing a lot of mentions of iTunes. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. But if you if you like look out into the future, the problem with okay, <laughs> digression. Uh the problem with iTunes is that it, it has been slated for death for a very long time. And so uh... when internally at Apple you're like, "Hey, we should change this thing that has something to do with iTunes," then it's very easy to be like, "Oh, well that's obviously going to die soon." So then we won't have to worry about it. Um, yeah. But then it, it like lives longer than anyone expected. The Twitter account is Apple Podcasts. Yeah, the Twitter account is then the iOS app is Apple Podcasts. And if you go to like the podcasting like submission UI and like to see your analytics, it's all Apple Podcasts Connect and stuff. Like they've done most of it, but the w- desktop web browsing stuff still all says iTunes and iTunes Preview and stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. For now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Believe it or not. I too you have a pirate fact. Have a canon related fact. Wow! Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I always enjoy. I yeah. I like having like a few options, and I always right. enjoy when it's like, hey, you have a deep roster. We know this. <laughs> I I mean, deep <laughs> is relative. I have some pretty long. Sure. Really, the the challenge is just okay. Have I researched this thing enough? <laughs> to, it may be relevant, but uh, but I think I think I've got this a handle on this one enough to to make it worth hoisting up uh okay for the for the canon (laughs) i see i see what you did there (laughs) let's see if we can get an all canon episode oh my god that would be what we can only dream uh so fun fact uh in the absence of the cannons required to do a 21 Mm. gun salute okay the city of new westminster here in british columbia okay i was about to ask where that was every year does a 21 anvil salute instead Okay, I have many questions, and you only said, like, five words. So let me start with this. Why do they not have enough cannons? Okay, great question. Um, (laughs) Can you not buy cannons? Are cannons not buyable anymore in British Columbia? So the origin of this was, okay. uh, supposedly, now, this this all kind of started in the 1800s, which in British Columbia was very frontiers-y, sort of colonization era there was not uh, a lot of in-depth detailed record keeping and things so so there there i will preface all of this with like i've read many sources and they all kind of conflicted with each other a little bit oh these are my favorite facts but there's kind of a thread through it all that people seem to agree 
for the most part on this is the shape of the story. Um, I would like to remind everyone before you continue that you promise that literally everything we say on this show will be for sure a fact. Well, like previously there was doubt about it, but by it being put into record on this show, that proves once and for all. Well, now we'll be the source that they'll That we're the source. Yeah, that everyone can refer to. Um, So the question you had was, why don't they have cannons? It turns out that uh, for many years... Uh, from the founding of British Columbia uh, in the 1800s. The, 1945. Yeah, no, <laughs> not oh, that sorry, long then. ago, but it was in the 1800s. <laughs> um, New Westminster was the capital uh, city of British Columbia. Um, what? Yeah, it was the original. Wait, what's the capital now? The capital was moved from New Westminster to Victoria, which is on Vancouver Island. Um, oh, I love Victoria. Yeah, it's a nice It's a nice city. And New Westminster is yeah. nice, too. Actually, um, in okay. the scheme of you know, but new is not things. new. Westminster is kind of yeah, yeah, like they don't have any good cities that start with new, <laughs> right? Uh, they're <laughs> not a there's no major one. metropolis. No, there's no world cities that, that start that's with named new. that they way. Wouldn't. That's always a bad sign. Um, yeah. But New Westminster, uh, <laughs> they were the capital, and they every year would do a salute, a 21 gun salute to Queen Victoria, um, who you know, it's if you're going to rank queens. It's one of the higher ranked ones, you know, uh, relatively long reign. We should rank queens sometime. That would be a, I don't know how, what the factual basis would be that far, but like <laughs> fun fact, this is why Queen Elizabeth <laughs> is the number one ranked. Um, right. The, uh, but Queen Victoria is wi- widely regarded in Canada uh, or at the time definitely and still has been well remembered because she was a, a advocate for Canada's confederation. Um, okay and so but okay. even though by that point she was you know obviously the um, britain was a democracy by that time um okay. she was still apparently an advocate for uh canada's confederacy and so f- for that reason and others uh she was popular in canada and her birthday was celebrated every year and it's actually still is to this day we have next month coming up a holiday at least in british columbia i think most of canada celebrates victoria day okay which is like lines up with some American, one of the like uh, Columbus Day or one of the, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not, I'm, there's problems with, it's a very colonial holiday still. So like, it's not totally clean, but anyway, they celebrate Queen Victoria's birthday as Victoria Day every year. Uh, and that was great. And they did that in the capital. Um, and then in the, as getting later into the 1800s um, for, I think, think part of the border dispute with america 49th parallel thing and then maybe also something about naval defense i don't remember the exact reasons but they moved the capital out to victoria also named after queen victoria um and new westminster was no longer the capital and when it came to celebrate victoria day they were told no you are not the capital you're not allowed to fire cannons for ceremonial reasons oh it had not occurred to me that there would have been some sort of per city difference in whether or not you could fire ceremonial cannons. Yeah, there was a rule uh, and guidelines yeah. uh, about you can just start firing cannons randomly. I mean, everyone just can't fire cannons. You just, then you can't, yeah. then you devalue the 21 gun salute and then the various other right. numbers of guns salutes right. available in your catalog of salutes. So <laughs> this was a very infuriating to the uh, residents. They were unhappy. They were not happy about this. This is a tradition okay. they'd had. And so they s- said, fine, well, you can't you can stop us from firing cannons but you can't stop us from saluting the queen and so they got together 21 anvils okay um 
assuming you know what an anvil is i know yeah. what an anvil is yeah I, from if nothing else from the anvil from acme co and uh you know yeah the single source uh, of anvils Looney yeah exactly yeah um and apparently you can do a anvil salute by taking uh two anvils and putting them uh kind of flat to flat surface uh and then okay. hollowing out a little kind of slot in between them and then filling with the gunpowder and then running a line and then basically letting the the fuse and then when it gets to the gunpowder it will blast the top anvil up off into the air making a great noise and being entertaining and noisy which is most of what doing a cannon salute would do um and then they did this 21 times in order to salute queen victoria that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so they did <laughs> and that. seems dangerous. Uh, yeah, it seems it seems like definitely a bad idea. And but I mean, I kind of applaud them on the like stubbornness of it. Um, and so that was done in the 1800s, and it has been done every year since. Uh, and uh, it's now a tradition in the U.S. that they do a 21 anvil salute. That's so. I was looking at the Wikipedia page for New Westminster while you were talking, yeah. as you do. Yeah. And I posted the link in our uh, chat. And if you look at it and you take a look at the coat of arms for New Westminster. Sure. There are some things that I think you might find interesting. Oh, hey, I had never noticed that before. So there's there's two there's two lions, as often happens in the coat of arms. And around one lion's neck is a is a sort of emblem of uh, the crown. And then on the other uh, lion's neck is an (laughs) emblem of an anvil. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Let me also ask you, what do you think is in that shield? So, to my eyes, we've got uh, an old-timey sailing ship, right? a tree, two yep. salmon, and... Yep. on the same page so far. ...a plow. Okay, so you... So, I think you're right that that is, in fact, a plow. I mean, it's not a very well-drawn plow. Completely... Yeah, but look, click on the flag instead of the symbol. It's a much higher dra- resolution drawing. Ugh, why does Google Images just suck now? <laughs> no, no. I mean, literally in the in the Wikipedia page. Okay. Bam. Okay. So it's better drawing. Okay. Yes. But still, it's little. Actually, it's almost like less plowy now because it's. Yeah, I I had no idea, so I had to go to the New Westminster City website, which is newwestcity.ca, mm-hmm. and then to their city symbols section. Yeah. And then to the city flag subsection where they will tell you that the symbols evoke the economy of the young settlement in colonial British Columbia, transport by sailing ship, the national heritage and wealth of the great coastal forests, the salmon riches of the Fraser River, and the agriculture of the lower Fraser Valley. Yeah, that all, I mean, like to me, that's like if you you just asked me what would have been the things that they would have put, that would have been all pretty. Okay, but even knowing that, I didn't know that was a plow until you said you thought it was a plow. Yeah, it definitely looks less plowy in the high res because like they took a really poorly rendered plow and then they like made a really detailed replication of the poor <laughs> rendering. Yeah, they really did. It's like a terrible plow drawn way too this, well. <laughs> so we're we're in depthly. Obviously, we're going to link this in the show notes. You can click to get yes, a please link follow to along, the yeah. flag <laughs> of New Westminster, British Columbia, and see yeah. this detailed rendering. Uh, of a supposedly of a supposed plow, and but what it, to my to my eye it looks like um, if you took a bunch of 
hockey team logos and a Markov generator that could just make nonsense versions of something based on having seen a bunch of examples that it might say, here's a hockey team logo for you. And it like has the parts that a logo would have, but it's nonsense. That's what this plow (laughs) looks like to to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's no, I really agree with you that it does look like sort of a, a, a hockey team logo but it also yes also looks like some machine learning algorithm learned how to draw a plow from many many pictures of plows and now this is the plow it it spits out yes um and so because we're talking about city flags of british columbia i am legally now required to reference and now like share with you and also put into the show notes um the recent ranking by bc municipal affairs reporter justin mcelroy of the oh i'm so happy 130 city flags of bc ranked from worst to best on twitter well yeah that's the way you do it oh my god (laughs) okay that is definitely the worst there's some bad ones uh and there's lots of okay ones have you ever looked at the flag of the state of washington Mm, state of washington flag <laughs> flag of washington well there's washington yeah it's literally a green field with george washington's head on the center yeah and then just there he is just kind of looking back at it's, you. It, i am from the great state of washington and in my opinion it is the worst state mm. <laughs> it is so awful like have you reviewed them all so or are you just like this is bad and i feel bad no no i've definitely looked oh, through okay. them all yeah um, so we'll link up this the Washington flag. We'll link up the worst. <laughs> We're so far afield. <laughs> we'll there are ones. People will argue that there are worse ones, by the way. That's my opinion. Sure. There are some ones. There are some competitors. The Nevada state flag is pretty horrific. I'm going to insult as many states as I can. But there are some <laughs> that are truly great, uh, and they are not either of those. So <laughs> yeah, the, sta- the, the flags for places don't tend to get a lot of love because like, they just... You know, unless you're up to the, the the country level, they just don't get seen a lot. And so... Oh, that's interesting. So maybe the ones that are the best are the ones that were most country-ish? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, the countries, uh, obviously, like... No, I mean, like, California's is great. Well, it was a country briefly. But right? California was sort of a country. Kind of, yeah. Like half, sort of. Half-acidly. It's got the bear yeah. on it. You know, it's a, it's a good flag. Texas is really great, and they were legit a yeah. country. So, I mean, that's an interesting argument. Yeah, and then, then they're, you're much more likely to take it seriously rather than you get, like, these... There's a thing with the African, um, there's one country in Africa that like each county has a flag and they're like all done in Microsoft paint. Have you seen this? That's amazing. You haven't seen this? Okay. No. The older, the old flag of Libya when Gaddafi was still running things was just green. It was literally just a green flag. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you don't have the budget to make like a really nice flag, <laughs> it's minimalism at its best yeah okay so now we're like really super diverse so, this is not a fact so, okay fun so fact <laughs> i think probably people have encountered this before because it's just too hilarious to if you've heard people discuss flags on a podcast which you probably have then you're, this is going to come up but the uh fun fact the county flags of liberia are really bad um so, so i've just sent Arik uh the canonical link on Flickr for the liberia county flags Oh wow! And uh, yeah, they're they're. I like some of these, but <laughs> <laughs> they have a certain charm. I they really um, do. I like some of them. Yeah, I mean, like MS Paint. Like the longer ago it was, the more to me it has like these fond memories of childhood, as opposed to you know. Yeah, and some of these look like thought was put in. <laughs> Not all of some them, of them, but some of yeah. them do. 
maybe they probably all were. I mean, I just don't know what the thought is. I mean, I'm not a not an expert on the domain. Some of the state flags, though, I feel like they really. Some of them are really, really nice, and some of them it just looks like they didn't care. Well, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's get to back to an actual <laughs> fact, and then we can queue up. St- assuming people don't tell us, oh God, please stop with the flags uh, in the five star review that they leave on iTunes that or on yeah. Apple Podcasts, then uh, <laughs> wherever. <laughs> Either one. All right. Okay. Okay. I, okay. So fine. I have a. I have. I have kind of like one and a half fun facts for you. Okay. I'm stoked. Okay. Fun fact, James, while John had, 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 had a better effect on the teacher is a grammatically correct sentence in English. Could you repeat the question, Alex? So obviously reading it that way is not going to be helpful. Right. But I would I can explain why this works. This is a Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo kind of thing. Well, that's the one I'm going to do okay. next. So I'm glad you're familiar with that. So we're going to go. We're going to go through that as well. All right, ready for a brain twister. <laughs> but this one I felt like was maybe less well known. I'm stretching. I'm limbering up. Okay, so it refers to two students, James and John, who were required by an English test to describe a man who had suffered from a cold in the past. Okay. Okay. John writes the man had a cold, which the teacher marks as incorrect, while James writes the correct. The man had had a cold. Sure. Since James' answer was right, it had had a better effect on the teacher. Okay. So the way to read this to have it make any sense, and this is going to be really challenging on a podcast. We'll see if it works. But James, while John had had had, Mm. had 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 a better effect on the teacher. Right. So you need some punctuation in there. You really do. There's like a comma. There's a uh, there's some quotes. There's a semicolon. There's a lot. Yeah, of... you would do quotes like, "Well, well, James had 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 comma," and then open quotes yep. had had. Or yeah, you would do single. Yeah, like okay. That. So we'll paste that in as well. We will definitely paste that. That that, that, that yeah. one is easier to explain. Like I was able to visualize it for when you're saying, and I bet if you someone saw it spelt out with the punctuation they would probably pick it up right away whereas the buffalo buffalo one which it sounds like you're going to touch on now 11 hads in a row is hard it's a lot but because you can use punctuation to kind of clump it up and let your brain grab onto right. it it's easier whereas when i've seen the buffalo buffalo one so introduce that one so that people right haven't so seen secondary it. fact yeah. buffalo 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 is also grammatically correct right and that's not just because it's missing punctuation. No, and that thing is much more complicated because what it's doing is it's using three different meanings for the word buffalo. Right, to bother, and then new, the New York buffalo, like New York, Buffalo, New York, and then the but Buffalo, animal. New York, the animal buffalo. Yeah. But then, yes, there is a verb version of buffalo that people don't really use, which means, yeah, to bully or to harass or to bother, like you said. So what you're actually saying, and first I'm going to read it, in the way that I think you would say it, and then I'm going to explain, I'm going to deconstruct that, but basically you would say something like, Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. And that is still not very helpful, Uh, but what you're actually saying semantically is, bison from Buffalo, New York, that other bison from Buffalo, New York, bully, themselves bully bison from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Um. The problem of computers needing to understand English 
seemed a lot easier to me <laughs> when I was mostly just like learning to program. And then once I became a little bit more interested in writing and English, I became less optimistic. <laughs> right. So, and, and it, it, when you see stuff like this, and obviously these are extreme outliers, right? But in both cases, they demonstrate something called lexical ambiguity. Which happens constantly in small amounts. Any conversation that people are having will have bits here and there that are that are in a objective sense unclear and uh, ambiguous what you mean. But you use all the relevant stuff around it and your understanding of the world and all that kind of stuff. Like what kind of things can a buffalo do and things like that in order to make sense of the ambiguous garbage that we're all saying at all times. More or less, linguistically, there's two types, at least two types of ambiguity that you would want to talk about, lexical ambiguity and semantic ambiguity. And lexical ambiguity means that there is a a finite number of known and meaningful interpretations of something, but you need the context to figure out which one. And if the context is uncertain, you can not be sure that you have understood the intended meaning. The second one, semantic ambiguity, means that the that there is any number of possible in, interpretations and none of them may have a standard agreed upon meaning. Right. So semantic ambiguity is more like vagueness, uh, whereas lexical ambiguity is more like where a word or phrase might have more than one meaning depending on what it's attached to or what it's around. So in the case of the two things I mentioned, both of them demonstrate some version of this. Uh, the James, while John had demonstrates the necess- necessity of punctuation when reading, right? Because when speaking, we can use intonation and stress and pauses. But when reading, if there's no punctuation in English, it will be very, very unclear what, uh, what the meaning is. And that problem is not necessarily as present in other languages, or at least is solved in different ways. So for example, uh, in Japanese, there are no breaks between words. And one of the ways that they solve that problem is by having three different alphabets. And so they are constantly changing between those alphabets in a sentence. And that gives you some of the semantic separation that you would have from pauses, from spaces between words. I didn't realize that was part of why. That's part, part of why, yeah. Uh, Buffalo Buffalo, however, is, is showing how homonyms and homophones can create lexical ambiguity. The the other, I don't know if this technically is lexical ambiguity, but I always find it like annoying when I'm copy editing and amusing when I intentionally search them out are garden path sentences. Have you seen these? No. Um, so this is a sentence that, especially when you're reading, like it's not as much a problem normally when you're speaking because intonation helps a lot, but it's a sentence where it is written in such a way or it's phrased in such a way that the meaning of the words that you're you're encountering is, you, that you assume that they have is incorrect and you realize that partway through the sentence and then you you kind of lost the plot and you can't make sense of it even though it's actually a plain meaning sentence so for example uh the old man the boat Right. I just saw this. I looked it up. So in that case, as you're reading, because we read word by word, we think that the old is tied to man, that it's an old man. Right. So you read the old man. You're like, okay, so there's an old man. And then it says the boat. And you're like, 
the old man, the boat, that doesn't, what is that? What? And your brain just kind of goes, and you can't make any sense of it. Um, but what that, that sentence means or what the intention of that, you know, poorly chosen sentence, cause it's, it's a garden path sentence is anything like old people are going to man the boat. Uh, the old man, the boat. And so if you, if you see such a short example as that, you will, and you need to say it verbally, you would say the old man, the boat. And, and if you use that much of a pause and emphasis, it's more obvious what you're saying, but when you're reading often it's not. And so that's one of those things that like, especially people who have a tendency to write long sentences with lots of commas, um, when I'm copy editing, I'll find like, okay, no, okay. uh, Like this just, when it takes mental energy to like get to the end of the sentence and follow what it's saying, often it's like, okay, just swap around the order of these or something. Um, because your brain is being led down a, uh, it's making us going to make an assumption because a word is being used in an uncommon way or something like that. Um, because it's ambiguous. There are two other great examples of this on the same Wikipedia page. The the one is the horse raced past the barn fell, which is another one of those like okay the sentence makes sense the sentence makes sense and then when you get the last word you're like fell what yeah and you really need to realize that it's the horse raced past the barn fell yes because you can say it it was raced like the horse that was raced past again like kind of intentionally awkward sentence but yeah a better one in my opinion or at least a more likely one is the third example which is. The complex houses married and single soldiers and their families. Right, which just, and is playing, I'm looking at that sentence now and I still... So what it's saying is, the complex houses married and single soldiers and their families. Right, yes. Right? So it's using the fact that there are two meanings of complex. Uh, So again, we will link this up in the show notes because apparently the theme of this week's episode (laughs) is things that you need to be looking at to make sense of or enjoy. We're really embracing (laughs) the inherent nature of Mm -hmm, podcasting mm -hmm. and how you can't see us, but you can hear us. We figured that would just be some really good... It was going to (laughs) be... We're here for you. That's what. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, that's why. Okay. I have a seeing related fact. Okay. But I think it's. I don't think you need to see anything. I don't think I need any visual aids. Oh, you're, in it. you, it's about seeing. Okay. You're saying we have a, a fact related to seeing, but in but fact, in fact, hilariously, you don't need to see anything to get it. I don't think so. Okay. Let's give this. Try. Well, I'll be the judge of that. For some context, I have always been kind of fascinated, and especially recently, with. The fact that we can't see infrared, so like the human visual spectrum, you can see the visible spectrum by definition. It's the colors that people can see, but that's a really, really narrow band of all, you know, energy out there. We can see this tiny little narrow view on the world and infrared light is just a little bit too red for us to see. And that's what our remote controls use. And that's what night vision cameras use. And I I think about it a lot recently because we have this baby monitor that we use when we're checking in to see if our two-year-old is actually sleeping, if she's actually in bed or what she's doing. (laughs) 
not climbing out of her Yeah, bed. I mean, like, she can climb. But anyway, there's a, that's a whole side thing. Fun fact. Getting a two-year-old <laughs> to stay in bed is uh, an interesting challenge. Um, <laughs> but you can see sometimes like that when she's just been put to, the, to bed on the infrared, she's looking at you with these two beady eyes, which in daytime are very cute and in nighttime she looks like some sort of like predator yeah uh, in like this night vision 28 days from, later yeah from the infrared and and so it, it keeps making me think of like like why is it that we can't see it um and so i kind of did some digging into this and i thought it was a fun fact that there are apparently three reasons why we can't see infrared huh yeah, it's not just like a oh, there's just this little tweak. It's like no, actually, we really, really just aren't going to see it. So, so even if we fixed two reasons, which would be a lot, we still wouldn't be able to see yeah, it. Yeah, we probably still. Yeah, it's revolving. Evolving infrared is not in the cards anytime soon. Okay. Um, right. Well, for you. For well, yeah. I I really. <laughs> did, I'm working on it right now. Yeah, I I feel like my my evolution is pretty limited from here on out. It's mostly the devolution at this point. Oh um, right. But uh, you know, for future generations, I was figuring maybe, maybe not. So nope. Reasons, not. reasons one, two, three. Number one, um, the the what I found the kind of the funniest, and it's probably the lead the kind of it's the silliest of the three but it's the fact that your eye and your body and your eye is spewing out infrared radiation and so even if you could detect it you are surrounded by it and it's coming out of you too so like so we're all basically cyclops from the marvel universe yeah yeah kind of so just because infrared like heat because the thing you'd want to see with infrared is other is heat snakes see infrared right there are some snakes that can detect it actually yeah because they're and they're cold-blooded though okay i'm getting this i'm picking it up yeah and so and we're not and what you would want to ideally see is like animals like if you're a predator in the wild you'd want to be able to see other animals that are in the dark that are warm-blooded and you're like oh hey that's an animal i will either want to eat or get not get eaten by um but if you are roughly that same temperature then the ability to detect the wavelength given off by that temperature doesn't help because you'd just be cyclops from the yeah so not great but let's say you solved that okay (laughs) let's say you had cold eyes somehow i yes let's say i'm gonna put them in a freezer right we evolved cold eyes Great, except that we have another problem, which is that water, which is a common component of eyes and people, uh, absorbs infrared. Oh. Um, and and oh, no. ultraviolet as well. Like there's actually, if you look at the oh. sort of absorbency of water, of how it absorbs and, and kind of negates different um sp- types of spectrum there's kind of a hole where there's a certain relatively narrow band of energy that gets through water really easily and it turns out like those are the things that our eyes evolved to actually detect <laughs> because we wanted to look at fish because we were fish because our eyes are filled with water oh gotcha because otherwise we wouldn't be able to see yeah. we would just be looking at the yeah, water and it would just eyes. absorb the whatever it is you're trying to detect him gotcha um gotcha so that that's like kind of also a bit of a problem. But let's say we evolved that would be that's uh, cold, yeah, waterless eyes. <laughs> so let's do this, it. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I really want to envision this be- being. No, I was just thinking. <laughs> it's probably that. it's probably a little bit unpleasant. But let's say they figured out a way to evolve. 
the, this thing, you know, nature finds a way, life finds a way. Nature always finds a way. Yeah. Um, then there's a third problem, which is physics-y, which is always the really tricky oh. ones. Um, which is that the way that vision works uh, in animals is that uh, particles of, not particle isn't the tech, proper physics word, but like light photons come in to your into your eyes and they have enough energy uh, that they cause this excitation of certain uh, components of the eye, my, my obviously extreme micro uh, components of the eye, uh, get excited at a certain amount of energy. Okay. So a certain number of volts, basically. And it turns out that the the mechanism that animals use to see um, can get triggered by a certain range of, uh, of volts. And if it's beyond that, then you will ionize and, and destroy the sensors. And that's what ultraviolet, uh, like really high power uh, light does, ultraviolet, so it can damage your eyesight. On the other side, infrared does not trigger that excitation because it doesn't have enough energy to like flip the switch basically then why can snakes see it so the reason snakes can see it is because they're basically not seeing it at all they're just sensing warmth oh so it's like a daredevil i'm really on the marvel superhero understanding of this they're not seeing things but they're getting a, a perception of things based on a secondary factor yeah and like we can sense warmth too right like to an extreme degree if if you have a really hot thing and you put your hand near it you could you could feel that it was warm right and so if you were trying to sense things that were way hotter than you and you were were you know you could evolve like i don't know we have one finger i did and and the thing with snakes is is that they can't actually see infrared with their eyes they actually have like a little pit on the Mm. very i think it's on the tip of their nose that can is sen- sensitive to warmth um but it's not in any way seeing they don't get like infrared the way we do like they won't see two eyes they're just like warmth this way in general huh so we have infrared goggles right yes infrared goggles and in when they originally in- invented infrared goggles apparently uh, a big problem was that they had to be cooled <laughs> okay. um, because of this the cold problem. issue yeah yeah, but apparently they've now got some high tech thing that uses uh, high frequency something to to kind of get around that. Um, so they, there are infrared goggles. So in in like many things with humans, uh, we overcome with technology. But uh, no 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 evolving infrared vision anytime soon, unfortunately. So when you're using infrared goggles, do you know if they're what we're seeing? It but it would seem to me that what we're seeing has to be a representation of what infrared would look like that we could perceive. So it still doesn't look like infrared. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything anyway, because nothing looks like, you know, it's all the, a combination. But like, we're not seeing what we would see if we had eyes that could do all of that. We're seeing something else, right? Well, I think we kind of are seeing what we would see if we had eyes, like in that it's not like the, when you have infrared goggles, it's not like the snake that senses heat in a general direction. You're, you're, you have these goggles that are actually have like a camera, like even just your phone camera in your pocket today, like an iPhone, can actually detect some infrared. So if you get a TV clicker remote and then point it and are, and are flashing it, uh, oh yeah, you can kind of see the yeah, you can see a bit of the light coming in. And so for near infrared, that's just yeah. a little bit past human visible red, um, 
it's fairly easy to build electronics that can detect infrared um, because they're not using this same uh, excitation uh, technology that our eyes use, basically. Um, so the the principle, as I understand it, of the infrared goggles is that there are actually infrared um not photons, but infrared photons basically going into the glasses and they're getting detected. I'm going to get, we're going to get <laughs> so many photons, <laughs> but photons. this is, this is <laughs> so many, if you're a physicist out there and you're listening to this episode, I'm sorry that you've smashed whatever device you were listening Please to. Please leave a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about the physics of this podcast but i mean you know no please leave it and explain to us what the heck how any of this works the, clearly... the, the infrared waves um are, as i understand are actually getting detected in the um in in the infrared, in goggle. the infrared yeah. goggles but then they're still being output in some fashion that you're looking at right? yeah so they turn like imagine like a grid of infrared detectors like a camera sensor right. in a phone or whatever but more tuned towards infrared and there's extra technology obviously that makes that work better for night vision and then you have a display on the inside where it basically converts using whatever uh gain and all the various settings to turn the infrared it detected into uh false color in the colors that we can actually see yeah so that's what i was suggesting is that if we could actually see infrared i don't think it would look like that because that's a false color simulation. I mean, maybe it would if that's the way our eyes evolved in order to handle it. But if you, you know, it's basically a different way of seeing altogether. So the idea that it's red specifically, I mean, this gets into the whole idea that none of the colors we're looking at are really the colors they are, right? They're every color they're not, right? Or they're the color they're not. Well, I mean, yeah. And then there's also this thing like, oh, what if you could, like, because if you could, let's say you, (laughs) your evolution overcame all of these things, the self-radiation and the water and the excitation energy thing, and we could detect red or reds, like just slightly redder, I think, could work i mean i want to detect red or reds you want to detect red or reds right and so the so the question that would come out of that when you're just sort of idly thinking as you're supposed to be falling asleep and you're wondering about what if i involved infrared vision (laughs) is what would it look like how would my brain interpret that and like the sort of naive obvious thing would be that the same colors that we see today are still the way that your brain would interpret it but it would just squish it so that when we saw something that was in near infrared, it would look, we would perceive it the way we perceive red today. And then... Right, because we have to put it in the red scale we can see. Yeah, basically just squish a wider spectrum into the colors. And so if you had a... If you made goggles that were detected some infrared all the way through to purple, um, and then you wanted to show that to a human, you'd have to false color squish it, basically, like shift everything a little bit towards the purple side so that you could see it all. And that's something that, like... You know, any like uh, astronomy images and stuff, often we are actually showing like the black hole picture from a couple of weeks ago, um, or we're right. detecting electromagnetic radiation of some kind. And it's like, oh, that's great. But what do x-rays look like? Well, they don't look like anything, but they there is a shape to them. So let's convert them into this little narrow band of visible light. And then we can pick colors that look cool. So we get more funding <laughs> and people share the images. Uh, and then, uh, and then we're good to go. I'm, I'm picturing like a, a graph that goes classically to the right and up. That's just a, on one axis cool. And on other, oh, other yeah. axis funding. Yeah. Well, I mean like the black hole, the black hole picture was like red and <laughs> ominous and badass, Right. But like, yes, that was just yeah. the color they chose for that. Electromatic. They chose. I I would love to see. I'm sure the internet has 
recontextualize that in hilarious ways. Well, I, I'm sure that the original scientists that were analyzing the information that were coming back from the telescopes and stuff had a default color scheme that was like rainbow barf. That's like, I'm not sure if you use any of these like... <laughs> I, but I want to see that one. The rainbow barf. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you could find some of them. But like a lot of the, I'm the sure programs that you can use to like plot data by default will use this like rainbow color scheme that means that you can see every little difference in between each like slightly more like even just, you know, for any range of data. Right. It's practical. Yeah, well, it's kind of practical. It's sort of like if you see the weather, sometimes you see rainbow coding on weather forecasts where different amounts of rain mm. or different pressures will be different bands of the color right. spectrum yes. and so yes. you you can then see more information because you can tell them the difference in between like 60 percent and 70 percent more easily on this color scheme but the downside of that is that it becomes really noisy and hard to make sense of um unless you're practiced at it so mm. that's a Right, but for them it would be more practical because that's what they do. Yeah, if you get used to it and you just always know, oh, green is the eighty percent or whatever, and then you can get used to it. Um, but for right. someone like us trying to make sense of it, we just want a badass black hole image. Then just show us so the true. badass looking one. Yeah. So uh, this is totally related to what I'm about to say. And if you could see me, I am not in any way <laughs> shaking my head. No. So you have a you have a color <laughs> scheme related black hole fact. Yeah, no, or or any of the other <laughs> things you said. <laughs> no, I just have a little fact that I just wanted to throw in at the end. Yes, please. Fun fact. Until 2011, Russia didn't consider beer to be alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so anything containing less than 10% alcohol which is like <laughs> basically all beers uh-huh. in russia like even like the, the beers that like will really put you on your ass when you drink a bottle yeah 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 they were all considered foodstuffs or soft drinks oh sure a soft drink yeah less than 10 percent, or like a light wine yeah. so yeah so the while although vodka of course is the drink that we associated with russia and and it is in fact their traditional drink beer was soaring in popularity uh, it was being marketed as a healthier alternative it was really really available it was not restricted in certain stores it was sold around the clock correspondents at the time said it was common to see people swigging a beer in the street and in parks the way you might see someone drinking a soft drink here sure yeah so in 2011 they passed a law saying that this was actually alcoholic and the law took effect in 2013 wow um yeah i i do i have some amount of it's the right word fondness for the idea of cultures that don't take alcohol to be as much of a a big deal where it's like oh you have to be you you know like there's discussions you hear people say oh well in france there's wine at the dinner table and yeah like a 14 year old might get a little bit in their glass and like it's not this huge thing that once you're 21 it's like okay we got to get smashed at the bar every night um and uh so i do see some you know some arguments for that but i feel like just straight up saying that uh, beer doesn't even have alcohol in it at all is, is maybe going a little far yeah, especially given that at least in 2013, the average Russian drank the equivalent of 32 pints of pure alcohol a year, and about 500,000 annual deaths mm. were thought to be mm. drink related. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and that uh, that they, <laughs> but actually, my favorite thing. So the, at the time, President Medvedev said that it was a an attempt to counter alcohol abuse, which was he called a national calamity. But uh, there was a, an interview with the 
chairman of the Union of Russian Brewers. So, you know, definitely a totally a non-biased non, uh, opinion, part, totally yeah. nonpartisan, mm-hmm. unbiased. Yeah. And he said, uh, it will be tougher if you want to buy a beer on the way home from work or pop down from your apartment. So you have to stock at home and stocking beer is more problematic than stocking vodka. It's bulky. It's big. There's no room for it in small homes. It's much easier to buy two bottles of vodka and manage for your instant need for alcohol. Hmm. Need for alcohol. Hmm. So it's quite ironic that this attempt to improve health and lower alcoholism could have the opposite effect and cause people to drink more harmful spirits. I do find it entertaining the historical justifications that entrenched parties have used to argue against any kind of change, the, like argue for, the, yeah, just over the years, like like yeah. the whole, what the horse people said about cars when they came around, and like everything before and since, and like you know all the the safety dangers of being able to print books and how horrible all the horrible things it would cause and stuff, and it's just kind of like uh, an endless supply of of entertaining. Uh, anecdotes and quips and claims and yeah 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 Yeah. after this podcast i'm gonna enjoy a nice soft drink yes yes i think (laughs) i will do the same uh so i have one last fun fact i think which is fun fact our follow-up is now at the end of the show what what it's a whole new world uh yeah we got some feedback uh which we Always love getting at Fun Fact FM or FunFact.FM. You can email us or however you like to send in your feedback. Uh, that uh, the follow up is often better for people who have actually heard the show before. And if you're come, you new to the show, then maybe uh, here's some fun facts first. For you. Let's check out this show called Fun Fact, and then we start with a half an hour talking about. Oh, remember that time where we talked about washing a broom? Um, <laughs> I do remember that time. Which it was great. It was great. Um, and you should check that out. We'll put it in the link in the show notes. But uh, I feel like uh, it would be worth taking some of the suggestions to try doing follow-up at the end. Uh, so we're going to do that. So We're doing it right uh, now. We're doing yeah. it right now. Yeah, so that's the follow-up. And then also we have uh, another kind of format update for you to do two at once. Uh, we have a new little intro tune, so you know what show you're listening to. Yeah, so you will have already heard that by now, but now you know that was, in fact, Yeah, you may have intro. forgotten <laughs> what it was like, uh, but if you uh, if you like that or don't like that, let me know and send us one. We also got, we also got uh, a question from a, a, a I was going to say reader for some reason, but we got a question from a listener asking about when what episode was it when we talked about uh, advice for emceeing an event and yes uh, i just wanted to mention that it was in episode nine uh they're not numbered so the title is evolutionarily deprecated yes we talked about that and then if you're looking for if you just want to check out a specific uh part of the show we mark them with chapter marks uh if you use a good podcast player like overcast or castro or i believe the official apple one does it too now you can now, talk to yeah mm-hmm. They didn't use yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then thanks to uh, Merlin Mann and the uh, folks on Do By Friday for uh, mentioning that uh, part of episode nine and, uh, and the show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. That was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And if you want to occasionally borrow the fun fact, <laughs> we'll talk then terms. We will just, we'll talk terms. We'll get some royalties. For yeah. it. We'll, it'll be we'll good. figure it out. We'll make a deal that works best for everyone involved. <laughs> right. Just a win, win, win. Yeah. The, the win. classic win, 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 win. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. Follow up from uh, one or two episodes ago where you proposed that I should buy a, a Tesla model Y. Right. Which is the slightly wagonier crossover your model three yes. tesla uh and so that kind of 
tickled my curiosity and i was like oh, i should investigate this vehicle that tesla has offered for sale and its qualities Semi offered uh, for, for example <laughs> yes <laughs> so <laughs> i i went to look and i was like well okay basic question what does the car how does the cargo space in the back of a tesla model y compare to a golf wagon for example how and how does it the web the website does not does not say what the cargo space is <laughs> oh that's interesting well okay well, i'll just look at a photo of the of the hatch yeah open yeah and it doesn't even it doesn't even show what it looks like to open the vehicle i'm not convinced this vehicle exists <laughs> i i i think that the tesla model y may just be a scheme to get people to send tesla 3500 dollars so they don't go bankrupt I mean, I will say that the Model X was at one point also a scheme that Tesla wanted yeah, money, and it now yes. exists. And the Model Three was a scheme. It, it yeah. does. So now maybe exist. it's just schemes all. Day yeah, down, I think but... it's all schemes all day long. But I, I think that the Model Y is pretty far away, right? Like it's not coming out for quite a while. I think it said next year. Claimed. Yeah, next year is a long time from now. Yeah, because when companies yeah, say twenty twenty, they also probably mean like December twenty seventh. 2020 yeah is when the factory ships the thing on a boat to yeah, right is when you can place hands. your order or when the configurator turns on or whatever whatever yeah yeah yeah. Or, or or they get to a point where they're like hey we need to figure out a way for you to give us more of a loan so then they'll have <laughs> they like do, the phase they two. actually do that with the model yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait so but do you uh, need a car anytime really soon no i just like the idea of oh, it. okay well then you've got time yeah i'm not in a rush but by the time you're ready maybe they'll be ready too or maybe they'll have gone bankrupt and then a vehicle hey, or a hey man, company don't wish that, that can... Don't wish that on me. <laughs> hey, you have your windshield now, so you're good. <laughs> That's so true. So you're set for life. I'm you just so get, maybe get a backup windshield. Oh, yeah. By the way, Model Y production part. expected to begin in late 2020. <laughs> begin in late yeah. 2020. Okay. So you're not getting a Model right. Y, especially if you... I mean, at least with the X, they did it sort of in the order that you added your name to the list for a while. So I right. think you're mid mid 2021 right now at the earliest. It, and well, my name is definitely not on the list yet. So, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't actually put my name on the list until very until like a week before I got the car, but I was very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm probably going to hold off on the the <laughs> ordering a non-existent car from a bankrupt company. But uh, I it's always fun to watch what they're doing. I don't know, man. Put the money down, you get it back. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it came with an extra windshield, actually, I might consider it <laughs> just for me. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. A bonus. Thanks, friend. Uh, 